And this is where it's so cool when it clicks. It's like, oh, we felt much the same way. We're dealing with much the same thing and we want much the same thing. We just don't know how to get it. And that's the opening to a really beautiful moment of connection. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Couple Podcast with Bryce and Jenny. Just Bryce today. This is the podcast that helps you do relationship better. So I was super excited to see that even though we were on hiatus for a couple months, moving and traveling around, that we still got the same amount of people listening as we had before. So that is great. Thank you to all our listeners. It does help us out if you can write a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And feel free to share with your friends if you think that some of this would be beneficial to them. So today I have a really fun topic, and it's the idea of getting over things, how to do it, how to actually do it, and some of the myths and misunderstandings around how you actually get over something. So I want to first address some of the misunderstanding around getting over things. So I do think as I work with people more and more that there's this idea that you're going to get over something, meaning you're going to not ever really have to think about it anymore. It just won't have an impact on your life. And I think that people do this to a certain degree. Actually, I think people do this a lot with things where they find ways to distract themselves from a past hurt and they really don't think about it. And so in their mind, it works. Hey, I had this thing happen. I don't think about it anymore. I'm over it. And that's a good thing because it wasn't a good thing, whatever happened. Does that make sense? So playing out in a partnership, it can be where you have a fight about something. It can be small. It can be big. Take like a a medium-sized one. So your partner calls you a name or blames you for something. It feels feels really hurtful. It's like a major trigger for you and you guys go back and forth. And then he or she apologizes and takes you out to dinner and a week or two go by and maybe the other person is still not feeling great about the relationship and their mind is still going back to that. Yeah, but I'm still thinking about when you called me this or when this happened and the other person goes, oh God, like, you know, you called me this too and, and I'm over it. And I, I just, you just take so long to get over things. I wish you'd get over it. So let's break that down a little bit here. So what I think a lot of people are trying to do again is, is they want to forget about it. But we are really, as humans, in this moment in time, you are the sum of your genetic makeup, your experiences, your environment. Some things will play a bigger role in your life than others as far as memories go. But the reality is that everything that's ever happened to you in your life has impacted you in some way. Some things will impact other people more than others. So where people get into trouble sometimes is for one, they can't see what's going on with the other person. They aren't attuned to their partner. They can't put themselves in their partner's shoes. So they're saying, hey, like I'm really good at forgetting about this thing or these types of things or hey, that's that type of thing doesn't impact me very much, so it shouldn't impact you either, or you should get as good at forgetting about things as I do. And you can see as I lay it out really plainly, that just doesn't sound as good. 
and people aren't going to say this up front. They're going to say things like, oh, God, you're just so emotional or like you just never let things go. Or, hey, I took you out to dinner and I talked with you about it and I apologized. So I've done everything I can. It's going to sound probably more like that. Um, and then other things are going to get brought up that got swept under the rug from times past. And then you're going to get into this really muddy mess of all these things that have happened. So that's really not a problem. These things can be worked through, but when you're trying to work through them on a situation by situation basis, and then you're, you're dredging up four or five things at a time, you're just not gonna get anywhere. It is possible to go into specific situations and I think it can be really helpful, but it's not to necessarily resolve that situation as it is to look into the pattern, look into the themes, because these are gonna run through and weave through all your fights. You're gonna, as a couple, you're gonna have very similar themes. And I do work with the theory that we draw people into our lives that are gonna specifically trigger up those things in which we have not worked through. So if your partner's really triggering for you, you can look at that two ways. One is that they're just a major problem and you can try to change them which you may have already tried to do, or you can look at this as a major, major, like once in a lifetime, life's work style of growing and getting bigger in your ability to be with your own experience around what they trigger up in you. And that doesn't mean that you put up with abuse or that there isn't a time to end the relationship. It, this is just the view, right? I don't think anyone should put up with physical abuse. I do think that sometimes can work through that in a partnership, but you have your boundary here. But don't get that confused with your work. You have your boundary and you have your work to get bigger. And and it is common for people to try to, try to draw a boundary at this place at which they don't want to grow anymore. So uh, a common one is that people just don't want to fight. And one of these is for couples who just don't seem to ever get into conflict. So both parties make this agreement that, hey, we're not going to get into any type of conflict. We're not going to bring up negative emotions. And people can do this for their entire relationship, their whole lives. And nothing wrong with that. I think that that's maybe more of a traditional way to do partnership is, hey, no fighting equals good. And we just leave it at that. That's not what I'm going for. I want to be able to express everything that's happening in my experience with Jenny and vice versa. And we make this agreement that we're really going to use all this information that comes up with us through our emotions to figure out how to more cleanly, more authentically express ourselves. And I can say from experience that this feels way better. When I know that, that I can feel however I'm feeling with Jenny, it feels better. Walking around the house, knowing that you can only show a small part of yourself or even a large part, but have to hide some things, that sucks. There is a big difference between feeling like, hey, we're working towards this place where we can feel authentic and like, hey, no, we're, we're done here. You need to take that somewhere else. Very invalidating. A lot of rejection can come up. A lot of anger, a lot of sadness. And when that gets pent up, it manifests as anxiety, depression, affairs happen. So it's just in how you want to play it. If you're, and my guess is if you're listening to this podcast and we're talking about relationships 
and getting really real. If you're the type that just wants to play it safe and never do conflict and find ways to hide parts of yourself and not explore, you probably wouldn't be listening to this. And you can probably just turn it off at this point and not listen to anything else because that's really where we're always going to be going with this type of work, with this authentic relating. So yeah, and totally no judgment. Wish you the best if that's what you want to do. So coming back to this point of getting over stuff. So I want to speak to two different places that you can be coming from. And I'm going to sum this up with the stereotype of man-woman just because it happens more often, but there, this can be reversed. It can be, you can be in a same-sex partnership and these will kind of manifest. You can switch roles at times, but more often I see that the woman in the relationship has more emotion, takes longer to quote-unquote get over things, and the man is there trying to help, feeling frustrated when she's not able to get over things, and they play out this dynamic. And this is actually very similar to Jenny and I's pattern. <clears throat> so first I'm going to speak to the man because I have a lot of personal experience here. And being the one who has thought that he's gotten over things and am now really waking up to the fact that A, I always have an emotional experience happening underneath the surface even if I'm not aware of it. And B, really seeing that my inability to be with Jenny's not quote unquote getting over things is my own reflection of me not being able to be with whatever's happening for her, which can be confusion, anger, sadness, whatever. So I'm actually not over it. I might think that I've gotten over this event, but what really matters, right? what's happening right now is that I'm just not able to be with that experience. And if this sounds a little bit confusing, I can break it down into what it actually might look like. So if I can actually sit with Jenny and my body's relaxed and I'm listening to her and I'm curious about what's going on for her and I'm like oh it makes sense that you feel sad when this happened between us and I can validate her and I'm not caught up in my own story of like well no because I didn't mean to say that because and this is what I actually meant and no you said this if I can actually hold my own and just be there to understand then I'm in a secure place but if I'm defending at all and I'm not a and I'm tense and I'm feeling my own emotions, that's what's going on for me. I am not over it. I am currently in an activated state and, and I'm not going to be a very good listener here. I'm not going to be a very safe partner to be with. So I have to do that work either individually if I'm unable to do it with Jenny and this could be with a coach. You might have your own ways that you do this meditation, exercise, self-care, therapy, whatever. But it doesn't help if you're in this place where you're feeling activated and you're pretending you're not. You're pretending like you're over it. And you're pointing the finger over there and saying, like, I wish you'd just get over it. What you're really saying is, I actually don't like seeing you in this place that you're in of anger and sadness, confusion. Because what it brings up in me is anger, sadness, confusion. It's a perfect... So, and this can be really hard to see when both of you are activated because, I mean, that's... It's, like, great if both of you are really resourced and you can have this great conversation and you may have been there before. It's a whole different ball game when you're both activated. You literally are in a different part of your brain. Your memory is changing 
based on this strong emotion that you're feeling, when you get caught up in the nuts and bolts of what actually happened, you're probably going to have two different perspectives. And people get really just stuck and bogged down in this. If you're trying to get into what was actually said, what actually happened, you're, you're probably not going to go anywhere. So I'll just lay that out there. That's why we have a process we like to use that begins with just presencing and resourcing yourself and your body so that you can actually show up in a way where you can be, where you can listen. And then to be able to own that feeling, whatever reaction is happening with compassion. And then you can go into some of the listening tools. But listening tools, communication skills, that's why people can know them, like you can understand them, but not be able to actually use them because you're in you're just in too much activation. And this is why coaching is so helpful because before it just spins off the rails, and I'm sure you've been here before, Jenny and I get here as well, the coach can actually come in and say, oh yeah, something just happened there. Let's pause, let's take a breath, let's take turns, let's work on, let's really hone in this one piece right here and you can get to a resolution quicker. And then the more you can do that, the more you learn how to do that, the more you can do it on your own. Even with Jenny and I, it's not that we don't get into conflicts, it just looks a little bit different because we'll try one tool and then another tool and then another tool, maybe take some space, come in, breathe again, try it again, do our own personal work in some way, come back together. It's just more efficient and it feels better, I can tell from my past relationships because we are constantly bringing it back to a place of clear, a place of zero. And we're not just both agreeing to engage in this game of getting over it. You forget about it, I forget about it. Let's just go out, let's have sex, let's do a fun thing, let's watch TV, hang out with friends. And then what do you know? A week or two later, we're in the same fight with similar themes and we're dredging up all these old things that we thought that we forgot about when we really didn't. We just, we really haven't figured out the patterns, the themes. We haven't learned how to do it effectively. So that's to the man or that's to the person that's claiming that they've gotten over it is if you're not able to really sit there and be resourced, be with your partner, be with your own emotional experience, to listen, not jump in, not interrupt, you're not over it. You're, you, you might have forgotten about it, that event, but that's not as important as what's happening right now. And currently, you're not showing up great in relationship. And that happens to all of us. But you just need to own that, that you're not able to show up great in relationship. And instead of trying to change your partner, work on understanding them. That's part of your work. And when you can do that for your partner, they will be able to do that for you in return. Usually, not always a guarantee. You also have to be able to take care of yourself. So then we'll switch focus over to who is more more typically the woman or the person that's just having a lot of emotional experience and who isn't over it. So for one, I want to validate on this side, it can feel extremely invalidating, scary. It can bring up a lot of anger for someone to feel like they're having this experience and it's not okay. It's not okay to self-express right now. I'm too much. This is usually a theme in this person's life where they felt like they're too much. Someone who may default to an anxious, preoccupied attachment style like we talked about in the last episode. So your job is to also understand what it's like for the person listening. Both the listener and the speaker have a responsibility here to be skillful in order to to resolve this. So if you're throwing things, if you're getting loud, and your partner is just shutting down, you need to step up here and realize that 
yeah, you can make that choice to to blame them as well, throw things, get loud, but it's actually really, really working against you. You're working against yourself. And it's okay to say, hey, I'm feeling anger right now or sadness, confusion, and I really don't know how to express it, so I wanna throw some things. I wanna yell at you. I wanna blame you for this and that. And to stay on your side because your way of soothing yourself, your compulsion, is to go over and try to like reach and pull that connection out of the other person. But that's just you being unable to be with your experience. So you're dealing with the same thing that they're dealing with. So even though you might wanna blame them and say, you're emotionally unavailable, you're not supportive, you're an asshole, whatever, your job is to go, oh no, I have a lot going on right now that I don't know how to deal with. And it seems like when both of you are in that place, the job of the more anxiously attached person is to take some space. This isn't always the case, but if you find yourself being the one that's always chasing the other to try to resolve it, I recommend taking a step back, even if it's for five, 10 minutes. I'm going to go try to figure some of this out so that I can come back in 10 minutes, 30 minutes, three hours, and see if I can speak in a way that, that's more effective, that's more grounded, to where I'm not blaming to where I'm not so emotional. And it's not that your emotions are a problem. I'm just saying, if you find yourself just blowing out your partner, take a break. It's just another skill that you can use. All the skills are not moving towards. There's also skills where you're moving away and do what you need to do to get resourced. So hopefully that helps if you're in this type of dynamic. So we have the emotion less person. I wanna encourage you that you do have an emotional experience, that sharing that, that sharing impact with your partner is really helpful, that blaming and defending and jumping in is not helpful, that you're trying to change your partner as much as you feel like they're trying to change you, and that that's not gonna work. So you can use this, their strong emotional experience as a way to tap into your own so that you can live a more authentic life where you understand and welcome in all of your feelings. So the way that you actually get over things is when you can say, man, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. That's when you're actually resolved. That's when you do have the experience of getting over something in a clean way is when you can say thank you. And anxious person, highly emotional person, you're not a problem, but you need to figure out how you're impacting your partner and how you're coming across to people in your life and to be able to speak in a way that they can understand because if you're being told you're too much, you're too much all over the place, odds are you don't have a lot of skill around expressing yourself. And that's your work. You want to be able to bring all of yourself, but if you're throwing stuff and yelling and blaming, that just doesn't work that well in a relationship. And especially in a type, the type of relationship where you want, where, where it's safe. So in the same way that you want safety, you need to see how, how you're playing into this dynamic of breaking down safety. And we could get into all these different ways that each person could work to soothe themselves as well. But you have your own ways. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know you have your ways. And when you come into relationship together, and this is really triggering, aside from taking a break, it's so important to, to take turns just understanding. It doesn't matter if you disagree. If that person's experience was that they felt they felt blamed, they felt rejected, then that's all you really need to understand. And you'll get a chance to share your side too. Because when it comes down to it, more often than not, both parties are in this place where, and this is where it's so cool when it clicks, it's like, oh, 
we felt much the same way. We're dealing with much the same thing and we want much the same thing. We just don't know how to get it. And that's the opening to a really beautiful moment of connection. So that's all I got for today. And I wish you guys a wonderful week as you go on about your relationship life. You can't get away from it. It can be so magical, so painful, and so amazing. I'll talk to you guys next week.